0: Welcome to Reading the Bible Together podcast. I'm your host, Angela Smith.
1: And we think about Jesus who was in heaven living the streets of gold and literally came down to the dirty earth with us sinners and lived and suffered and went through some unbelievably brutal, painful things for us. He knows what it's like. So when we are suffering and when we are um, struggling and going through some hard things, he's the first person to say, I understand. And so he's the first person that we should go to.
0: This series, we're studying First Peter, and I am so glad you're here. Today, we're looking at 1 Peter three thirteen through 22 and my guest today is Program Manager for Faith Radio, Ben Holson. Welcome, Ben.
1: Well, hi, Angela. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. I did, you haven't been with us yet for 1 Peter.
1: I have not, but no. I'm excited to be here, so thank you for asking.
0: Yeah, me too. I'm glad you're here. And because you have such a great radio voice, I thought it would be wonderful to start <laughs> out with having you read mm. the verses, and then we'll just start chatting about them.
1: Okay. So we started... Um, Verse 13. So Peter says, Who's going to harm you if you're eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. For it is better, if it is God's will, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the Spirit. After being made alive... He went and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirits, to those who were disobedient long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. In it, only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience towards God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who's gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him.
0: Thank you for reading that. What version were you reading?
1: I was reading the New International Version.
0: Oh, okay. I was following along in my NLT and oh. just slightly different. <laughs> so I was just curious what one you were doing.
1: It's so funny reading. how we all have different versions. I like to read so many different versions. The NIV, NLT is one of them, the ESV. Sometimes I like to read the Common English Version or even the Message just to get... It's kind of a different or more well-rounded understanding of what the Bible is saying, Mm -hmm. you know, from so many different perspectives.
0: Yeah, one of my favorite apps to use is the Blue Letter Bible Mm. app, or you can go to blueletterbible.org. And you can nerd out really Mm. hard on the Hebrew and Greek Mm. because it will... There are tools that you can use, and it'll break out each verse and give you the Greek words or the Hebrew words for them. Right. And it's—yeah, it's just so—it is so good for understanding. Like, I was just pulling up blueletter.org because I realized in this set of—in this set of verses, it talks about him preaching to the spirits in prison, and I don't know what that means. Mm. So— I was trying to pull that up over here really quick on the side. Right, how's it out. going? Yeah, not, not not great. I don't have the answer yet. <laughs> so
1: was he talking about the spirits in prison, those that were... Um,
0: oh, like the people maybe? The
1: people that were, yeah, in, in Noah's time. Because Noah was going through some pretty intense persecution as he was building the ark. He was following God's will, building this massive ship. And people were like, uh, what are you doing? You're kind of a weirdo. Mm-hmm. Um, and... We all know what happened to them.
0: Yeah, that only, yeah, only a few of them six.
1: Or right, eight. Noah and his wife and his three sons and their wives. Mm-hmm. So there's eight people. The rest of everyone else died in the flood. God started anew. Yeah. And that water, which I find so interesting here as in our reading today, that water symbolizing baptism and the washing and rebirth.
0: I thought that was interesting too. I right. had never put those together. Me neither. And I appreciated too that they that Peter points out it's not about washing away the dirt. Right. It's about the symbol of it and the power that it that of Christ. Mm. That that that's what it's symbolizing the power of of Christ. Absolutely. So so now I'm a little lost in my head too about like you know I, I, my father-in-law is an Old test writes Old Testament commentaries of the prophets. And so we have lots of conversations about applying the Messiah over the Old Testament when, when, when they were writing, the Messiah was not with them. And so having a New Testament vantage point looking into the Old Testament, that's, but sometimes if you study the Old Testament, like from an academic perspective, you need to, you know, what was the time that they were in? Yeah. Yeah. And of course, prophecies, prophets, they're looking, they are looking ahead. Right. But yeah. So Isn't it interesting. interesting?
1: Yeah. It's so interesting um, that we have the perspective and the vantage point from being on this side of things, being able to look back and how that the, you know, before the, they were even Christians, they were just Israelites and they just had to trust God in a different way than we're trusting God because we have Jesus Christ. They have the promise of a savior. Yeah. We are living after the fulfillment of a Savior. Um, and we get a firsthand account from Peter and a lot of the books in the New Testament from people that literally walked with him, saw him, raised Lazarus from the dead, um, saw him after he himself was raised from the dead, physically raised from the dead. Um, and it's such a gift. And, you know, Peter talks about being persecuted for our beliefs. We've been talking about this, you know, last week and again, this week too and how to find joy in that persecution mm-hmm. which is just so unbelievably hard to do and a constant um just a constant invitation from god to just say hey you know my strength my power is made perfect in your weakness And you're going to come up against some really hard battles and people are going to push really hard against you but um to rely on me
0: and I think that's the key. You know, where is your focus? Is your focus on your suffering mm. or is your focus on him? Right. And that's how you're able to kind of walk through walk through that suffering.
1: Right. And I think when your focus is on him, there are times just the other day, you know, we're going through just an interesting time in our family and there's just some emotional and even physical exhaustion. And as I was driving down the street from the radio station, just thanking God for how he's sustaining me and my family through this hard time. Um, it isn't, I'm not going through persecution because of my belief in Jesus Christ, but I'm going through some family issues.
0: And Suffering, you're going suffering. through suffering. Mm-hmm.
1: Suffering, right? And God, thank you for su- sustaining me. I don't know why you're putting me through this really painful situation. I don't know why... Um, it's so hurtful that i cried to my boss the other day you know but i am trusting you that you have a bigger and better plan for us and i think just that focus that it's just it's so amazing to me all the time in my head like how am i getting through these things oh god it's you and thank you it's just that that shift in perspective you know yep as you go through suffering
0: well and i th- i think to remembering the vantage the limited vantage point that we have to any any matter anything that's happening you know i think about you know as a parent you know the vantage point that our children have hmm. is small about you know what's happening or what's going on and so they didn't, may not understand decisions that we're making because the pers- their perspective is limited compared to the perspective we have well then that's like you know 1 right. million times right. a million of the perspective difference from us to what mm. the Lord is doing. And so to, to know that, that he can see, you know, before and beyond mm. and now, and that he's, that he's working, that there's a, there's a process, there's a plan, there's something, he's up to something. Mm-hmm.
1: And we have no idea what it is. Right. <laughs> but there's the trust. Yes. Even through the suffering.
0: And, and there is the hope and the promise, but there's the promise and where I think we find the hope that he is with us. That, you know, Jesus said that time and time again, lo, I am with you always, always until the very end end of the age. Yeah, and talk about, you know, Old Testament. God says that time and again, (laughs) you know, I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm Mm -hmm. with you. I will be with you during your suffering. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that makes it uh, survivable.
1: Right, and we think about Jesus who was in heaven living the streets of gold and literally came down to the dirty earth with us sinners and um, lived and suffered and went through some unbelievably brutal, painful things for us, he knows what it's like. So when we are suffering and when we are um, struggling and going through some hard things, he's the first person to say, I understand. And so he's the first person that we should go to. in this last week as I've gone through some some of the suffering, just one of the most powerful prayers I've ever prayed is three words. Jesus, help me. You know, sometimes when I I can't verbalize what's going on because I'm so tired or my head is so full of what I call packing peanuts, Jesus, help me. And I just feel the tender touch. um, You know, like it says in verse 18, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. was put to death in the body but made alive in the spirit and after being made alive he went and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirits so god has god has sent his one and only son to live and be brutally murdered on the cross to be sent to hell and then to be raised again um, for my sins and uh, i'm just so grateful for the the compassion that he has for me and the understanding, you know, as we go through some hard times.
0: And even when he left, that he sent the comforter right. to us. Yeah. So that, and that's another thing. I know this is, a, we're getting a tiny bit off topic, but the that w- when we know Christ, we have the Holy Spirit within us. Mm. And when you look back at, you know, the story of Noah, I don't know if it says that the Spirit of God was on him. There are some people in the Old Testament where it specifically says the Spirit of God was on them. But they were doing life and clinging, doing their best to cling to God without the Holy Spirit within them, which I know your face. <laughs> your face just said it all. Apparently, <laughs> and Sadly, people can't. Right. Yeah, people can't see your face. But yeah, the amazing, like, how did they do that? How did they? It's amazing to me that anybody was able to continue to put one foot in front of the other, following the Lord without the Holy Spirit within mm. them.
1: Right. and But they had different gifts from God. You know, right. you, you you talk about um, Noah or um, Moses or um, just the physical. And I know we still have um, physical, and we can see God at times, but they, they had such physical visions mm. of God. You know what I mean?
0: Say more about that.
1: Well, like the the uh, the pillar of fire. Oh, you're right. Um, you know, just or something. the temple, the temple, mm-hmm. yeah, just stuff like that,
0: yeah. Okay, so let's get back to the passage in 1 Peter. Okay. Um, one of the things that st- stood out to me is in verse 15 is that it says, and if someone asks you about your Christian hope, always be ready to explain it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's, I think we all know that, and we all think maybe we have an answer to that. I was talking to my neighbor literally earlier this week, and I was talking about this What's it, at my church. There's a new focus on discipleship and living missionally and, you know, doing life together. Mm -hmm. And so I said that, you know, a more discipleship focus. And it's a family that doesn't go to church. And they said, well, what does discipleship mean? And I, like, tripped over my words. And then I said, well, you know, like, well, in Jesus with his disciples. I'm like, that's it. That's it. It's Jesus with his disciples. It's that life-on-life discipleship. And so I, I just think it's important to... To have the reminder that we should have an answer and to give yourself some grace. If a, you know, converse, you know, if you get asked a question and you fall over your fall over your answer right. like I did, you know, maybe I'm trying to let that inspire me mm. <laughs> instead of shame me to have an answer the next time sure. someone asks.
1: But I think it's a really good start to live such a bold life of love. Um, to let the light of Jesus shine like a radiant beacon outside of your soul and in your actions, um, to let that begin the conversation and the reason. And so, because
0: so, it was a question that was right, coming back to me.
1: Right. Yeah. And so then it becomes, in my opinion, in my experience, it becomes more easy to maybe take out some of the Christianese words mm-hmm. and just point straight to Jesus. Just Jesus. People understand Jesus. They may not understand salvation or um, the word discipleship or some of these other um, Christianese words that we use, but they understand Jesus. And Jesus' life is so clear. Um, And the gospel, the the, the four gospels in acts are so clear of stories that we can tell of Jesus is how good he has been to people. And we have life experiences how good God and Jesus have been to us. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, um, I was talking to one of my mentors this morning who said, I was explaining to him what had happened this week. And he said, make sure you're journaling that. Mm. Make sure you're journaling that because when your daughter grows up and she realizes what happened and what you guys were through and how God made a way, she'll know that God has been working in her life from the beginning, you know? And so God has each given us stories and experiences so that we can then share those with her neighbors. Right. In the clearest possible way.
0: Well, and that's exactly what First Peter says, but do this in a gentle and respectful Amen. way. Keep your conscience clear. Right. Then if people ask or speak against you, they will be ashamed because of the good life you live.
1: Right. And that's that right there gives me hope because I feel like it can be a struggle at times to um, be persecuted or go through suffering, you know, but to remember that we're doing what we do for an audience of one. That is God, right, and so, um that clear conscience thing instead of a you know i don't know um like i don't know like a burden, it feels like something that is a gift, a blessing,
0: you know we've been using the word persecuted quite a bit, and I've been thinking about this word and and because in this day, this day of study, looking at this persecution because of your faith. Mm. And I think for for many of us that are at least in the American Western church, this isn't, it's a, there may be a persecution that we experience. But I just want to acknowledge that there's a life and death persecution that our brothers right. and sisters around the world are facing, that people are literally making a life-or-death decision—well, mm. I mean, every decision for Christ is a life-or-death life, de- a life or death decision, right. but a physical death decision um, to to follow Christ. Mm. And it, I don't think that we should compare grief, you know, and, you know, if, oh, well, I don't understand. I've never had that much loss. But if you understand grief, you can come alongside someone who's grieving. I, I think here—I mean, I think it's important to acknowledge the different kind of persecution, right. but, but not— to necessarily negate any persecution that we might experience. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Am I making sense No,
1: I I, th- I completely agree because I, you know, one of the questions in the study guide is um, what does persecution look like for today for Christians around the world? And I thought, okay, I understand what that is. Um, but then when it comes, when you are feeling persecuted or left out because of your belief in Christ, and it's like, that's not, you know, comparative at all when there was a research study by Open Doors who said Christianity is the world's most persecuted religion. There were 360 million Christians last year that lived in countries where persecution was, quote, significant. There were like 6,000 Christians that were murdered last year for being Christian that we know of. Mm-hmm. This is ju- These are just the ones that we know of. 6,000 people detained or put in prison. Another 4,000 people kidnapped. Um, 5,000 churches destroyed. I don't have that in America. That's not mm-hmm. what I. That's not what I have. You know, there are things where I'll have conversations with people, or there's a different opinion, whether it's um, based on a decision that was that's in the news or something that's happening in life. But I'm not coming up against death threats or um, my house being burned down because I'm a Christian living in a different country that doesn't agree. You know, whether it's. North Korea, you don't have the
0: freedom, right?
1: Mm-hmm. North Korea, or Pakistan, or um, you know Nigeria, or we're, you know we're uh, India, Indonesia,
0: some, some
1: of these other places where literally you cannot go about and let people know that you're a Christian, or you're likely going to be dying, or your family is going to be put in prison, and or whatever, your life will be taken away from you.
0: Mm-hmm. What I what that makes me think of is I was as you were talking, I was thinking about what it looks like then for us here, and usually I think it it's being the weirdo. You know, right. Looking a little bit like the weirdo this weekend, um, I had the opportunity to take my boys down to Orlando to Universal, and um, we had a family member come with us, and I don't know where she is, if she has a relationship with the Lord or not, and it wasn't really part of our conversation. But when before we left, I really felt like every day before I send my boys off to school, I pray the Aaronic blessing, may the Lord bless you and keep you mm. over them. And as she was driving to the airport, I just felt like I had to pray this blessing over her. And so I just reached over and put my hand on my shoulder and said, every day I, I pray this for my boys and just feel like I want to pray it for you. And so I prayed it. And it felt awkward. I'm not going to lie. It felt a little awkward. But she said, thank you. And I I don't know. Like, you know, when you're looking at I have a clear conscience about that. My My purpose was to bless her. She's in a time of, you know, figuring some things out and, but I for sure, you know, could feel the heat of, you know, turning red a little bit and Hmm. just felt weird. But I've, but I would rather pray that over her and feel weird about it and act out out of obedience to what the Lord was prompting me to do versus to have not done it.
1: Right. And you're, completing the two greatest commands that jesus said you are loving god by doing that and you are loving people by doing that mm-hmm. so what more you know so what if your cheeks get a little bit red and you feel yeah. a little bit weird you know <laughs> Awkward. I, I like what you said about being the weirdo mm-hmm. you know let's be um let's be so full of love in the spirit and reflecting jesus that people go whoa that lady um is really Joyful, or that lady is really so loving and kind,
0: like remember. a weirdo, but in the best sense of right. the word. Yeah, right.
1: I remember working at a you know um, a place before I worked here several years ago, and it was a lot of guys, and it was it was um, it wasn't a Christian organization, and it was um, you know, it was just it was kind of a tough situation. I remember um, telling my boss at one time that it was one of the most hostile work environments I've ever been in. Mm. But as I left every single day, I stopped by everybody's office on the way out and I told them I loved them. And some people thought it was weird. I don't care.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I love you. Hope you have a good night. I'll see you tomorrow. From one man to another man. And I want to be that song that I sing to my daughter all the time, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Mm. I'm not going to put it under a, a bowl. I'm not going to you know let anybody hit <laughs> out. I'm going to let it shine. I'm going to let it shine. I don't care about the persecution or the suffering. And I don't face a lot as an American. Um, but I'm going to let my light shine.
0: That's so good. That's so good. And, to yeah, to let yourself be the, the weirdo. I used to call my boys weirdo when they were right. little as like a term of affection. And then they called somebody else weirdo. And I was like, oh, <laughs> wait, that's like a term of endearment in our family.
1: Right. <laughs> right. I, I think it is a term of endearment. And I you know, would be honored to be part of your weirdo group. Yeah,
0: you're a weirdo, Ben.
1: Let's be weirdos together, mm-hmm. you know. Let's stand out. Let's have people look at us for a reason so that they can ultimately look at Jesus. I'm perfectly fine being the weirdo, so people look and point and go, that guy has, that guy is whatever, so there's happy. There's something or, going on there. Right, there's something going What mm-hmm. is that guy about? So then they yeah. can ask me, why are you so weird or why are you so kind or why... <laughs> Where do you find your hope or why are you so joyful when you go through really hard times? Why are you always patient? Why are you always gentle? Mm-hmm. Wow, what an honor.
0: Yeah. Well, this has been a really great conversation. I mean, we went to a lot of places that were not in First Peter <laughs> 3, but I, I, think, I think it's been good because... I, uh, I hope it's good. Yeah, there's a, because there's a lot here. And there's a lot to talk about, and um, I just really appreciate you coming in and, you know, being a weirdo with me ah. and talking through this
1: passage. Team weirdo. Yeah. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for joining us today for this conversation about Second Peter three thirteen through 22. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes, and we'll see you next time for First Peter 4, 1 through 12.
1: The Reading the Bible Together podcast is a production of Faith Radio and Northwestern Media hosted, produced, and edited by Angela Smith. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more, consider financially supporting Faith Radio. Find more information at myfaithradio.com.